Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live-play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The Mystery Punchers have been tasked by Kenneth Knott to investigate the Corbett House and the events that have plagued it. But first, they decided to visit the property's former owners in the Roxbury Asylum. Richter has been admitted as a patient to allow the others to learn about a horror no asylum could possibly cure. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. They say that fresh air and nature can really help soothe the troubled mind. And Richter, as you walk the grounds of the Roxbury Sanatorium, you begin to wonder whether that's true. Because honestly, (laughs) these nurses just keep asking questions and you're being very clear. So what uh, you've been trying to distract them uh, in order to allow Red to go visit... um, uh, the Macrios family, who is now currently, uh, they're both patients of the sanatorium. Uh, and your job was to distract them because Red had accidentally <laughs> sold the idea that you are to be committed. So um, you were asked uh, if sometimes you see things or, or believe things are there that aren't. And you proceeded to immediately uh, launch into a spiel. What do you think you've been telling uh, nurses Farrell and Catan? Well, we're so, we're so far beyond that now. <laughs> I mean, we're into we're into the, the uh, radio waves. Uh, you know, we send them up into the sky, uh, and our messages come back down. 
Um, but we don't know what happens between the sending and the receiving. We don't know who else is hearing. Uh, we don't know, um, uh, you know, how we're affecting the, the, the existence of, uh, consciousness that we can't necessarily see that might still be influenced by these waves, uh, uh, that we're sending all around the world. Um, I talk about uh, instances that I've read about in like newspapers and like newspaper clippings and stuff like that um, of like people like hearing voices in like the radio static and things like that um, and talking about how like there's credence to that and 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 um, and, and just shit like just going yeah, yeah, yeah. on and on okay, and shit like that. So yeah. um, I'm going to say um, Nurse Farrell is taking uh, like. Uh, is is kind of just nodding along and and you know being very very kind and and kind of uh, placating, um, but you can see Nurse Katan, who, as you can imagine, is the slightly shorter, more bug-eyed one. Mm-hmm. Um, his eyes just keep getting buggier and buggier, and he was taking notes, but he stopped, and now he's just kind of staring at you, slack jawed. Um, and um, when I'm just nodding along behind, like, <laughs> yep. Uh, so um, Nurse Katan finally goes, uh, "Hey, so do you do you really do you really think that? Do you think that's real?" Yeah. What what, what have you been talking about this whole time? Have you even been listening? <laughs> uh, I saw I, you stop writing on, on your notepad. So you you you've you've wandered off. Your mind is elsewhere. I might well have been saying crazy bonkers things because it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Dr. Farrell looks at, uh, nurse, sorry, nurse Farrell looks at nurse Catan's notes and he goes, come on, man, you gotta finish writing the, okay. Um, so, Hey, listen, uh, that all sounds pretty scary. Are are you, are you scared? No, no, it it is fascinating. I, I, I can't wait to know more and learn more. Um, I want to, I want to meet these consciousnesses i want to i want to reach out to them you you want to be where the ghosties are you want to see you want to see them dancing no see you don't understand it's not a matter of going where they are it's not a physical place do you understand uh no clearly not can you start again uh so I'm going to say, Red, you actually get another round to talk to someone. <laughs> Great. Uh, because he's both captivated Nurse Catan and frustrated Nurse Farrell. Fantastic. Um, um, can I talk to Vittorio? Uh, so, yes. Um, uh, Dr. Nathan Tucci is um, gently frazzled now um, because, um, obviously, uh, Mrs. Macrios it was very upset. Uh, Gabriella was very upset by the, um, uh, the chat you had. But... Uh, he seems more upset that kind of you had to witness that. It's less like, oh, you set her off, and more like, ah, but, you know, this happens. Um, he's very apologetic, and he says, I, I, listen, I, I am so sorry. Your aunt is a, uh, she's a lovely woman. Uh, she's a strong woman. She um, didn't seem well. Uh, no, that is why she's in the sanitarium. Uh, that's usually where where. Oh, where no, I, I realize that. I'm just saying that has she improved? Has being here Made any improvements on her mental state? Well, uh, she used to wake up screaming every night, uh, expecting something to to be looming over her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, it caused a lot of uh, an issue. As you can see, uh, a lot of our orderlies are are men. Um, And uh, she would would say, oh, no, he's here, he's here. Uh, And then she would realize it was just, you know... um, 
uh, nurse uh, Catan or Farrell or any of the other uh, nurses that, that are here. Um, so once we once we switched her her orderlies over uh, to some of our female nurses, she she calmed down a bit, um, and uh, and now she she sleeps just fine. Uh, male female nurses, it doesn't matter. Um, but for a while there, it was, it was pretty touch and go for her. Um, but she she's improving a little bit. Um, her faith seems to be fairly strong, um, but uh, she seems very angry and and very uh, scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Vittorio, on the other hand, um, you, you can see, but he is, he, he's not well. Um, the, uh, he, he is quite mad, uh, I'm afraid. Um, so I, I would, I would say, uh, in my professional recommendation, um, remember, remember the, the uncle that you knew, uh, Miss Alexandria, or, or maybe just, just go in and say a quick hello, but, but you, you won't want to speak with him long. I understand. I won't take any more time than is necessary. Okay, well, that, that would be best. Um, also, is your, is your friend, uh, Mr. Richter, I, I don't see him uh, yet. Oh, he just loves to talk people's ears off, you know. I see. Interesting. Uh, okay, well... Um, I'm sure everyone's having a great time up there. <laughs> Smash got back to the lawn. Um, right, since you're so obsessed with this, uh, these things occupying physical space, let's really break down maybe something that would uh, pique your interest a little more. Yeah. Cryptozoology. Did you know that the Sasquatch and Bigfoot are actually part of the same genus? Like oh. I said, very certain they're having a great time. Um, so uh, Dr. Tucci nods to you and then he says, um, I will warn you, uh, Miss Alexandria, uh, the... Um, some parts of the hospital are, are, are a little uh, more disturbing than others. Uh, the more disturbed the mind, uh, the more um, disturbing uh, the place gets. So I, I would ask you to to brace yourself um, because this this is an unpleasant space. I will brace myself as best I can. So uh, he kicks open the doors and you enter a part for the, the patients who are clearly um, really suffering um, and really in kind of the throes of, of um, various mental ailments. Um, you are slightly reassured as you kind of walk down this hall that um, looking into rooms, you don't see any kind of like machines of torture or any kind of ridiculous things. It's just people kind of being tended to as best they can as, as they struggle with things beyond them. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, mental health being not exactly a, a tremendously well-studied thing in, in the 1930s. Um, so um, he kind of leads you down a hallway um, and the air here is, is thick with madness. You can, you can hear the screams and, and people struggling against restraints. Um, and you can hear, uh, voices that are, that are soft, but also pleading. Um, you can hear kind of all manner of of human misery. Um, there's perhaps a, a vaguely indelicate question, but for red, I assume who kind of prides herself on, on strength and, and being able to kind of stand alone, I imagine this is probably a, a space like there's that kind of awful attitude from that era of just like mental health is weakness. Mm. Is that kind of where red would land or do you think she has sympathy for these people or is it just a, a distraction? I think it's more of a distraction. I think, I think um, she's not afraid because these people are not to be afraid of. These people are sick and uh, she's dealt with things that are to be afraid of and beaten them. So right. Okay. This is, you know, she'll put on a bit of a show of like, ooh, so scary for sure. the, for the, you know, for the time period and for the Tucci's know, of the, the world. Tucci's the Tucci's of, of the, the world. world. Yeah. Uh, but under the surface, she's quite calm. Okay, cool. So you're led into um, a room <clears throat> 
where um, there is a, sort of a, a, a bald man um, sort of uh, sitting in a bed, um, kind of with his back against the wall. Um, and um, you can see he's, he's holding uh, what looks to be a, a Bible um, against his chest. And um, Dr. Tucci says, uh, listen, um, it would be best if you, if you just may, uh, let, let him have his book. He, he seems to have, have truly found uh, solace in faith. I would um, never dream of taking a man's Bible away. Okay, well, uh, thank you, ma'am. You, you seem to have a, a good head on your shoulders. Hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, as I said, I'll, I'll leave you with him for a moment or two. But, uh, but really, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't spend too much time. He is, he is very disturbed. Of course. Um, and uh, he says, I'll be right outside. Um, and he, like, pats you vaguely, cloyingly on the shoulder and steps outside. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, Vittorio uh, is looking near you, but not at you. Um, and just um, holding uh, the the Bible to his chest. And the door is closed? Uh, the door is open to crack. But the door is open to crack. Mm. You could close it. Mm. How close am I to the door? Um, I think you're just inside the door, and basically, as Dr. Tucci left, he, he closed it to, like, there's kind of like a foot of space. It's the kind of thing where, with the back of your foot, you could probably ease it. I'm going to do that. Somewhat closed without actually, like, katunk. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Great. So you don't katunk it, as yep. the scientific <laughs> term is. Um, okay, great. So you're vaguely alone-ish in the room, mm-hmm. um, and he just continues to to sort of stare blankly. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello, Vittorio. Um... His eyes dart up to you and then dart back to the ground. Yes, I see you. Mm. And I see the real you. Mm. My name is Red. Mm. I've spoken to your wife. Wife? You have a wife. No wife. You also have a house. No, 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 no house, no house, no, 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 no. May I ask you a question? No, 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 no house, no house, no wife, no No house. No house. Nothing. 
Nothing. He'll take it. He'll take it all from you. <laughs> the devil, he'll take it all from you. The devil? The devil himself, he'll take it from you. The devil's a cruel man. He is. He is, but he is destroyed by his own weapons, you see. <laughs> He's destroyed by his own weapons, or so they say. And what are the weapons? Oh, the weapons. I don't have the weapons. I just have this. And he holds the book. He holds the Bible, like, above his head. And he looks to you as though he's discovered it. Like, it's, it's fucking Heston on the cover of Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. That is a formidable weapon, sir. Now, if I were to attack the devil with any other weapons, where might I find them? Oh, the, 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 devil, the devil can't be hurt. Can't be hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, does the devil hate you? Oh, the devil hates us all. He hates me. Hates me the most. Mm-hmm. No wife, though. No wife. Doesn't hate wife. Doesn't hate the wife. Now, why doesn't he hate your wife? Oh, the devil. The devil hates house. Hates, hates me. Why doesn't he hate your wife? We don't have much time, Vittorio. He just, he starts repeating it over and over and more fervently. And then slowly he kind of like stands and he begins to just sort of like rhythmically jump up and down on the bed. Just being like, devil hates us all. Coming for us all. Devil hates us all. I'm going to the house. Devil hates us. No, no, no house, no house. And then he like, um, he doesn't drop the Bible, but he like that arm kind of drops and he kind of like springs off the bed at you. Um, and he just kind of clutches at you and he's no house, no house, no house. And you can see he's almost begging for your benefit, not, not his. It's like, uh, he's trying to warn you. Like, this isn't like a thing. It's, but yeah. Uh, and she's going to kind of hold him back and just say, I'm going to beat it for you, Vittorio. Um, I'm going to beat the devil. And he begins to laugh and he says, <laughs> no one beats the devil. No one beats the devil. And then he pulls open the Bible and he starts ripping pages out and sort of throwing them to the air and screaming, no one beats the devil. Uh, and immediately, Doctor Tucci busts in, and he's like, I- "I'm sorry, ma'am. It seems you're you're uh, upsetting my patients. Uh, I- I'm going to have to ask you to leave." Oh, I just, I just can't believe that that this is the kind of environment that they're in. I just, I, I don't know if I feel entirely comfortable leaving my friend here. But of course, I'll go. I'll go. Um, so he goodbye, Uncle. He bustles you out, and as he goes, he yells, "Another Bible, <laughs> another Bible for Mister Macrios, please, please." And he you know, snaps his fingers, and uh, Nurse Greco goes, "Yes, yes, sir." <laughs> Um, and uh, comes by with uh, just like a fresh box of Bibles. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yes, yeah, so Dr. Tucci hurt, like hustles you out and he's apologizing, but also now kind of frustrated. Um, one, he could kind of let slide to he's like, maybe you're the problem. Um, but uh, your ploy to not commit uh, Richter sounds good. Also, at this point, he's just kind of frustrated with with all of you. Um, so uh, outside. um Richter and Adrian. Adrian, Red's been gone for a long time. How do you... What's Adrian like when Red isn't around for an extended period? Normally, he'd be pretty panicked and probably have done something stupid, but he was specifically instructed to, like, follow Grandpa Richard, which means for right now, Grandpa Richard is his boss. So he hasn't been told... He was told his job was to deal with anyone who was a problem, and Grandpa Richard didn't tell him anyone is a problem. Otherwise, he's supposed to just stay calm. So he is staying calm, and Grandpa Richard is the boss. <laughs> but if Red comes back, Red is the boss. Cool. Um, and um, Richter, um, you've been talking to these idiots for a while, and they really do not seem to be understanding mm. the cryptozoological mm. uh, fascinations that you you've unfolded for them. Um, what do you think? What do you think the end of this conversation looks like? Is, is Richter legitimately willing to just go on about this? Because, I mean, I guess you've kind of clued into deception now. So is this the kind of thing you would just keep talking at? Or would you eventually get frustrated? Um, I think he's probably gotten frustrated with Nurse Farrell. But he is instructing Nurse Catan, who is 
resumed writing to to check out these books from his local <laughs> library. Uh, and that's a good, that'll be a good start. Cool. Uh, so as you're, as you're making your way down the list, there's still like a couple of really good ones. Yeah. Uh, but he's writing really slow. Um, suddenly you see Dr. Tucci and Red kind of come uh, hurrying down, uh, down the pathway. And Dr. Tucci says, oh, no, you know, it's okay, nurses. Uh, we're, we're not taking this one. Um, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, sir, you'll have to find treatment somewhere else. Yes, uh, Adrian, Richter, we're going. Um, I would say it was nice to meet you all, but aside from the gentleman in the tuxedo, this has honestly been a bit of a nightmare. Well, I'm very sorry for the inconvenience. I can only hope that my aunt and uncle's conditions will improve. Let's go. Uh, it was super nice to meet you, Doctor. I hope we could have a drink sometime. You know what? That that, that would be nice. Uh, and you know, if you keep company with these two, maybe they're better than I. Than I give them credit. I'm just. I, I'm sorry. It's it's very difficult facing this day in day out. But you you seem all right. I I hope you do find a birthday party. Thank you. You know what? Together, maybe life will be a birthday party. That's that's actually very lovely. Well, and he claps you on the shoulder. And he says, happy birthday to us then, I suppose. And then he begins back up towards the sanitarium. And I watch him walk away slowly, and to myself, I just go, amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the three of you make your way back to... Um, Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get in, and um, I think you kind of like drive. Just to, you sort of start driving back down towards Helmfirth. Um, what do you want to discuss in the car? I think Red. We can safely say you catch them up. Yeah, on the fact that clearly there is some kind of evil in the house. We're not just talking about uh, you know intangible kind of ooh, spooky stories. It's like, nope, guys, if we go in the house, there's going to be something bad there, so we might as well accept it. Um, so can you punch the devil? Well, actually, that was going to be a thing that I thought we needed to talk about, which is um, what kind of tools we're going to be going into the Corbett house with, because I don't know about you, Richter, but I haven't spent the last 16 years of my life punching ghosts. Uh, I've been punching mobsters. Well, more like Adrian's been punching monsters, and I've been dealing with things behind the scenes in the in the face of the organization, but you get what I'm saying. She uses her boom hands a lot. Boom hands? Was is das? I shoot people in the face. Ah, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Mm. So how do, how do we hurt a ghost, Grandpa Richard? Well, this is what I want to confirm with the keeper here. Yes. Um, based on the description she's provided, do I have any insight into what we're up against? Does it match any kind of entities that I've read about? Can or you heard roll me about? an occult check? Happily. I don't know why I asked that as a question. <laughs> roll a goddamn occult say, check. He could say Can no. You? <laughs> He's like, I prefer to guess. That is a extreme success. Ooh. Baby, this guy's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, the devil's from a long line of devils. <laughs> Kevin Richter, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, shit, man, that's a real good rule. Um, so I guess what I'm going to say is it's less that this matches the description of anything you've heard and more that it actively doesn't, if that makes any sense. So you've read a bunch about the idea of a devil and what the devil could be and what Lucifer could be and what the morning star is and what that whole thing could be. Um, but nothing they're saying syncs up with that at all. So this is not the devil in the biblical sense. No. You can write that off pretty quick. Yeah. You Bibles won't actually do us any good. Yes. And in fact, yeah. it, it um, I think 
with an extreme success, this definitely feels to you a bit in the most frustrating way of just people associating religion with like legitimate mystical oh, things. All which of it just like, mucks up yeah, the like, research. Go have your religion. That's cool. But don't miss with my fucking zoological shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, you can safely determine that uh, religious icons won't help. Got it. Um, in terms of the devil can only be defeated by its own weapon or the devil always falls to his own sword or what have you. Um, that, that tracks with kind of, I think what you've probably read about a lot of monsters. It's the, it's the old, like, um, hair of the dog that bit you, uh, thing. There is, uh, the whole hair of the dog thing actually stems from uh, a myth about Achilles. And the idea was that a Trojan soldier was wounded by the spear of Achilles and it got poisoned. So he went around to all these seers and he said, help me, help me. I'm dying. And eventually one of them said, well, if you can bring me some shavings off of Achilles mm. spearhead. Like if you bring me what injured you, I can turn that into a cure. Mm. So then he had to go and talk to Achilles. Achilles was a dick about it. Eventually he got mm. it and he got cured. So it's that you think it's probably something in that vein. Um, you don't know necessarily what that means, whether that is the, the nature of the monster's power can be used against it, whether uh, the monster can only be destroyed by a similar creature, whether it is a physical weapon, all that stuff is kind of up up to debate, but it definitely tracks with something you you've heard before. Um, so if you didn't think about it, it would just be information. But since you do, you identify that, um, if you can identify a weapon of some sort, it might be useful, uh, whether that's a power or a thing. Um, in terms of the haunting elements, um, this sounds to you, uh, vaguely poltergeisty. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of uh, as Gabrielle said, when he was mad, things would fly about. Mm-hmm. Um, also to you, there's something interesting, I think, to the idea that the creature would loom over Gabrielle while she slept and that it specifically disliked Vittorio. Mm-hmm. These are odd behaviors. These don't really track with what you know of monsters. Mm. Hey, friends, it's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dumb dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably, probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on, but the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice. That's right. That address that I totally just said, go there, join dumb dumbs and dice, support the show. It's going to be great. Uh, because I think in, in an, in a Richter ideal monster situation, it's like I woke up, monster was over me, monster gutted me. That's the monster. So this yeah. is odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I can give you. Okay. Um, but definitely also located on the house. It also tracks with the history you read about the house and bad things happening over a long span of time uh, would suggest a ghost of some sort because okay. some things don't tend to live that long. Right, right. Okay. Uh, or so a vampire. I mean, maybe a Frankenstein. Who knows? <laughs> a long-lived beast. Uh, it's a classic Frankenstein. <laughs> so, Frankenstein. Could it be two things? There's like the the devil and then there's like the ghost of the guy who wanted to be buried in the basement? I think you might be onto something there where it might be the spirit of a previous Corbett owner. himself. 
It could be Corbett himself, yeah. I don't know enough about some man to understand the behavior, but it is... It is rather human for this spirit, this ghost, this poltergeist to pick and choose its targets. Um, a, a monster is a, is a beast uh, defending its territory, its home or den. Regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. If the house is a beast's home, it doesn't matter who you are. You are a threat and it will deal with you. That, the fact that it would tolerate a woman but not the husband tells me that this that, that, that there's decision making happening. So there is a brain yes. at work. So if we wait outside, but you go in, Red, maybe it will be your friend. I don't know if friend is the right word, but, however, I think you might be on to something as much as I don't wish to go in alone. Uh, hmm. You know, I'm starting to wonder if our friend, Mr. Corbett, did in fact manage to bury himself in the basement. I wonder if we're going to find some bones down there. It is entirely possible. Um, bones would be good. Bones would be helpful. Uh, okay, I got an idea coming from left field. You know, like in baseball. Uh, what if they say you, you got to hurt it with the power that it has, and it is in a house? What if we burnt down the house? Well, I was going to suggest starting with burning the bones, but perhaps if it comes to burning down the house, maybe we could do that. I think that's a wonderful idea, but we're not going to do that until I tell you. Right, Adrian? Yeah, I wouldn't start that, especially not if you're going to go in. But if, if we burn it, we could dig a hole and find bones. Benny was also investigating the Corbett house. He could be in there. But he put the blood hand on you, so he's a ghost. Yeah. So he's dead. I think we need to dissuade ourselves of the notion that our old friend is still alive. Well, but I'm just thinking... Um, what are you sinking into? Uh, that is a good one. Um, I'm thinking about how the three of us, Benny... Um, Little, little Sally Hawkins. Little Sally. Uh, it just doesn't seem right if, if Benny is in there in any kind of way, his body, his spirit, anything. It doesn't feel right to burn the house down around him. Well, no, no. I think that is a very last resort option that I think is a very smart idea, but we're not going to do that just yet. Um, as you drive, um, the three of you, as you're discussing burning the house down, not burning the house down, um, you begin to smell um, ash and sort of the, the smoke of a campfire of, of wood burning. Um, you kind of look around the car. And again, it's just it, at first it seems like, oh, it's just a passing scent. Uh, you look around the car and the car itself doesn't seem to be damaged. On fire. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's nothing like burning um, coming through the vents or anything. Um, but then suddenly and kind of in a in a with almost a sense of inevitability, um, the three of you look up uh, from wherever you're looking and notice uh, that you're driving into view of the burnt church. So the church of... Uh, what's the name here? Um, the Chapel of Contemplation uh, was the, the town church that uh, Adrian and Red, your families both attended, the Jones family and the Diesel family both attended. Um 
And uh, despite having burned some time ago, uh, the church has never been rebuilt. Um, so you just kind of see it kind of loom up out of, uh, out of the distance. I turn and start driving towards it because I'm driving. Adrian, why are you going? We gotta go there. No, we don't. Why no, do we have to we go to talk, the church? We talked about it, and now it smells like burning, and that's where our parents' ghosts are, and those ghosts are good ghosts. <sighs> um, Richter, your hand begins to throb. I, I look at it. Do I see anything? Um, you see kind of a faint... Um, you've got scarring on mm-hmm. it. Um, the scars seem to be red, uh, not bleeding, uh, but as though they were fresh rather than, you know, scars fade to kind of like yeah, that light yeah, white. Like a white, it's yeah. much more that like bright, bright. Okay. Do I feel heat? Um, no. 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 So it's just throbbing and redness, but not really anything like... No, that. just uh, just odd sensory things. Uh, so this is a mechanic that is near and dear to the Cthulhu games um, that we haven't used as of yet. Uh, we're going to roll our first set of sanity checks. Are we rolling sanity checks? Yeah. Um, well, I because passed my first one with flying colors. Everything uh, is... Farrell and Catan got nothing on me. <laughs> um, all of this is uh, is truly... Just the, the view of it would be fine. The throbbing you could probably write off, but the smell of ash and the, the draw towards this place... And again, the fact that it, looking up, like when, it, when I say it looks inevitable, it honestly, it was like it was coming down the street to meet you, mm. you know? Cool. Um, so let's do a sanity check. So basically all of you have sanity marked down on your sheets, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Uh, so we are going to, uh, it's a standard, everything's a, a D100 in this game, so it'll be a 100 check. Um, and if you fail, you're going to take sanity damage. So the way sanity damage works is basically I will roll a dice oh and you will subtract it from your, your sanity. So what, what, are, what do we roll to roll against? Um, so you are trying you to, to roll, roll under, your, under sanity. your sanity. Under my current sanity. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Okay. I rolled a 100. Oh, my God. oh so, no. But do you want to use luck? Because there are things with luck you can use to change sanity locks to bring it under my... I, I rolled think, under and my sanity. I feel like a hundred might trump that. I don't know. I'll let I, you decide that. I'm inclined to say with a proper fumble that we're gonna let that one roll as a proper fumble. Yeah. Okay, I failed my sanity check. Um so oh, here we go. How does so, sanity work, Tom? Because so, now that we failed. All right. So you'll notice that um, on your sheet you have a number that is your insanity. It's a number between insane and ninety-nine. <laughs> Uh, in order to pass your sanity check, you need to roll under that. Uh, even if you succeed, you still take sanity damage from witnessing the mythos because Cthulhu is fucking scary, yo. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, um, what's everybody's sanity at? Because mine's terrible. I only have 30, so I start I, bad odds no I matter start what. with 50. I start with 75. I'd like to think uh, in our flashback I had higher sanity, but now <laughs> it's at 50. You're a little <laughs> <laughs> that, that tracks. I, I buy that. Um, all right. So um, red... You weirdly through years and years of like active forceful denial have kind of insulated yourself against stuff like this. Cause I feel like, um, of kind of the horror trope characters we know, you're the one who literally it's like until the fucking ghost is standing in front of you, it's just like, Nope, mm-hmm. Nope. That's not a fucking thing. Um, so you will take two points of sanity damage. Okay. So I'm now down to 73 permanently? Yes. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, you can restore it um, between sessions. We'll we'll talk about it, like a long all, rest. <laughs> yeah, essentially, uh, all of this is kind of one. I know it's been several episodes now, but this is all kind of one big session. Um, the best way to think of this is once your investigation of the Corbett house is complete, that's kind of the end of. So when we can go recover Essentially ourselves. Essentially, at, at the end of yeah. an arc. Uh, in the Adventure Zone, it'd be a lunar interlude, but not here, <laughs> damn it. Um, but uh, yeah, so... And here, after we've punched a mystery. Yes, after yeah. you've punched a mystery, um, there are ways to recover it. Uh, they're actually all kind of charming. It's things like spending time with friends or indulging in a vice or doing things that will She's just... She's going to get loaded on whiskey. Yeah, honestly. Um, or like, it might just be Adrian like eating a birthday cake with a cat. Like, there are various uh, various ways of doing Victor's it. Victor's going to go bet on the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Adrian... You have feared coming back here forever for exactly this kind of thing. Um, you're going to take six points of sanity damage. But I'm going to use luck to have that because I can I can spend luck on that. So it costs me double the, the total cost of loss in luck. So if it was six, then it'll cost me 12, but I'll only lose 12 luck, but I take three sanity. Sounds good. Because my sanity is so fucking bad <laughs> that I will invest heavily in not fucking going crazy. And uh, Richter, for you... It was a fumble for me. 100 right. on the die. Okay. So I think, Richter, for you, rather than... I'm still going to give you the damage, but I'm yeah. also going to look up a... See you there are, Yeah, open. man. There Fuck are a number up, of temporary... Uh, temporary afflictions. Cool. Uh, um, so Maybe we'll I, have to turn around and drive you back to that sanatorium, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of this, I'm going to say uh, I want you to think about this not as something that like happens immediately, but more so what you're going to... like In D&D terms, this would be like, carry this into the next encounter. Oh, yeah. I'll throw a wrench in something, something stupid. Yeah, so... Like, Richter, only you uh, can save us. Ah, but... I have memory loss now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Richter? <laughs> okay, so Richter, um, <laughs> you... Uh, shit. You want me to roll for something? Is it like a table? or I, I, I rolled on the table. I'm oh, just nice. trying to figure out which one to give you because I, I rolled... There's, there's two different tables I could use for this. Um, okay. Yeah, um, you are fine. Perfect. <laughs> um, you are, yeah, you, you, uh, you, hmm, how best to describe this? Uh, as the car continues to pull up, uh, you will take uh, three points of sanity damage. Um, and for a second, you see, as you're kind of pulling up to the church, you see the church as it was. Um, the full structure. Yeah, the full structure. Um, it's it's in that kind of like classic, slightly blurry fantasy past way. Mm. Um, and then it becomes crystal clear. And you see the church. Um, and you kind of look down to your hand. Um, and in one hand, uh, you're holding a pistol. And you're checking the ammo. Um, and in your other, you're clutching um, sort of a an odd crystalline amulet. Um, and it seems to have an eye in it with a triangle around it um, and sort of a long chain hanging from it. At the risk of sounding redundant, which hand has the scar in it? The pendant. Amulet hand. one. Yep. Got it. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just mi completely mishandled a gun. Just like, ah, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my hand. What up. do you mean I should not put my hand full of bullets in the fire? <laughs> um, so you see the church... Um, 
and you can tell like everything's kind of drifting. Like it's almost like you're seeing multiple images layered over it. Okay. Um, you're seeing a huge crowd outside and then nothing and then a wedding and then a funeral and like just various glimpses of the church as you would have seen it over the years. Um, and then you see the mystery punchers going in. And then there's just another like, uh, and it's almost like like the frames are, are out of uh, out of sequence. Um, and then you see a man standing in the door frame, and he's leaning casually against it, um, and he's dressed as a pastor. And you recognize Pastor Michael Thomas, um, who ran the church, and he grins at you. And just for a hot second, his grin seems to get wider and wider and wider until it almost reaches his ears. And then his eyes go black. He cocks his head. And suddenly you're jolted as the car slams to a halt. And I think you raise your hand as though there's a gun in it. Mm -hmm. um, And then suddenly kind of find Red and um, Adrian staring at you. Um. I did. I do have something in my hand, and it's Benny's hand, and it's uh, it's uh, it's been rictified into a, a, a little <laughs> like gun fingers, finger guns. Yeah, <laughs> and I hold it out. And Richter. I, yeah, yeah. Put that away. About to, oh, Benny, silly boy, puts that away. Um, and Richter, you as you do, um, Richter is a very kind of happy-go-lucky sounding guy. Mm. Um, I think under your coat and kind of you're controlling it. So from the outside, it, it doesn't look it, but your heart is pounding and I think it's very hard to breathe. Okay. Uh, you can smell smoke and um, gunpowder. And sorry, Red, you were going to say? Okay. What was that? What was, what? It was, uh, as a uh, Benny's hand. I, I, I must yes. have been uh, dreaming or, or something. Uh, Please don't bullshit me, Richter. I've seen a lot of things today, and I don't have a lot of patience. It, it you know, the, the the church brings up unpleasant memories for all of us. And that it yeah. does, Richter. You you realize that perhaps the only way to deal with what you've just seen is to really lean into that bravado, and as a result, your temporary madness is you've become a heroic show off. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a seventy-year-old heroic show-off, which is the nice part. I rolled a d10. It yeah. came up a seven. That's what it is. I'm really happy because it fits this real nicely. Nice. Cool. So ahead of you is the burnt-out church. What do you do? <laughs> um, he realizes that like he's not going to talk his way out of this conversation. So I'll just say, like, "The time for questions is over. It's now time for action." And he'll climb out. The broken window of the back of the car. Get to the chopper. Yeah, I've gone Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's okay. Um, that's a good madness voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Adrian, that's the sound of me just trying to wiggle out of the rear window. You're you're gripping the steering wheel so hard that your knuckles are white. Um, what what do you think? How do you think Adrian's dealing with with this again? Like in in addition to um, the smell for you having failed your check. Um, you're getting, uh, you hear screams and you, you can hear Sally screaming and it's, it's such a distinct voice. Um, and then suddenly her, her scream cuts off. 
I think I got to get out of the car and go because Adrian's such like a guy of action that he doesn't really think about things. So he's undoubtedly probably like shaking and twitching. But his response in any high adrenaline moment ever since he and Red have gone off has always been that he has to like go and punch a thing and then the danger is gone. Mm. So the abstract threat means he doesn't know what to do. But his first instinct would be to follow Grandpa Richard because is Sally here? Is Sally not here? What are the rules of ghosts? He doesn't know like probably so many questions that all he has is physical sensation and a need to act. So I would imagine he climbs out of the car. So you clamber out of the car uh, and begin chasing Richter. Um, Red, you start to get out of the car, seeing Richter just bolt forward um, into into the fray. Uh, Richter, what do you yell as you run into the kind of the, the wreckage of the church? Um, remind me again the specific wording of my new condition. Uh, you are uh, a heroic show-off. Heroic show-off, okay. I just want to make sure I, I get that right for yep. and all so, the role-play stuff. Um, I think I think with the, the pounding heart, the feeling maybe a little claustrophobic in the car, just being out in the open air and just doing some good old-fashioned shouting would do Richter some good. So he's marching up to that church rubble, uh, and shouting, uh, uh, Thomas, come out, Thomas. Just, uh, just shouting yeah. for the pastor. And as you, you kind of like burst through the, the burnt out door, um, red, you see Richter sort of scream to the sky, yells the name Thomas, and then you hear a loud crack of wood and he disappears. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark alleys and sentinel by kai engel and our ads use the tracks no control and chiefs by jazzar j-a-h-z-z-a-r and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dum-dums and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish sine that's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls and 
a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenrir would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.